I'm a true champion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the State of Wrestling Address, brought to you by the Wrestle Plug. I'm Aaron Nix, the most unprofessional shithouse prick you're ever going to meet, and I'm not going to apologise for it, and I still keep getting more work, so cry me a fucking river, Zebra. Um, Yeah, so this week, there's been quite a bit of wrestling news. I thought I would uh, introduce our co-hosts before we have a sombre moment, before we crack on with things. So, ladies and gentlemen... The proprietor of Peacehaven, the man who smashes the dislike button whenever he sees the NOB. He is, of course, the Wonder Kid, not Johnny Storm, because come on, Johnny, you're like 40 odd, bro. Like, it's not going yourself a Wonder Kid. It's <laughs> weird at this point. I'm just saying, I, I love you, bro, but you're the Wonder Man. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being a man, Johnny. However, the Wonder Kid of professional wrestling, soon to be Wonder Kid of professional wrestling, and he certainly looks like a child, which means we're going to be a big trouble with a censorship on YouTube. Cameron Cream Anderson is back once again. Um, did you enjoy uh, uh, what you saw from the weekend's IWE shenanigans? I did, yeah. I've, I've watched the um, the first two matches that have been uploaded. Uh, I will catch up on the rest. I don't want to say any spoilers because I think people should go and watch the matches. Well, um, you know, I'm not know the results. Yeah, I mean, I, I've done a review, an audio review for the Wrestle Plug, and of course, uh, we'll be talking about it a little bit later because I'm sure that you've got plenty to say about your friendly, friendly neighborhood knobs. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the other co host, of course, is well, he's pretty much, you know, part of the furniture now, which is good because he never moves. So he's just like furniture and he shouldn't move. <laughs> well, he moves furniture, or he used to for a living. He is, of course, the Canadian Destroyer, the Duke of Diabetes. He's got more insulin than Kenny Omega. He's got more promo skills than Kenny Omega. He's got more self-respect than Kenny Omega. Frankly, Kenny Omega sucks. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, you, you get it? Kenny Omega sucks, right? He's overrated. Fuck off. Um, enter, again, Kyle Wilkinson from Canada. How is Canada at the moment, sir? Um, well, the, uh, the truck convoys moved on, and if these people want to argue about their rights being encroached, they should look elsewhere around the world right now. It's all... Uh, yeah, yeah. I, me, eh? like, uh, I'm just going to say, we're not going to do the whole hashtag I stand with Ukraine because I personally think that's a lot of fucking bullshit. That's my personal opinion. If guys on this podcast want to do that, that's cool. Um, but obviously, everyone at WrestlePlug extends their extremely um, difficult sympathies at this time to the country of Ukraine. And I think I speak for everyone. I say Putin can suck my fucking dick because he's a cunt and it's amazing that so many people are scared to say that including people in our governments but what russia is doing is disgusting we have friends in ukraine me personally i have friends in ukraine who are struggling right now to find any kind of semblance of you know balance in their lives and they're looking to relocate which is a terrifying feeling and something that we don't have to worry about in the western world and they shouldn't have to worry about that either because they're a democratic sovereign nation uh, there are links available. You can donate to the paramedics that are on the ground in the Ukraine. You can donate to the military personnel who are trying their best to look after people. And I have nothing but admiration and incredible respect for the men and the women on the ground who are trying so hard to protect their country from, frankly, the most evil and disgusting dictatorship I'll probably ever see in my life. And we transitioned to wrestling in the hope that that might bring a little bit of joy to people. However, 
Unfortunately, I didn't really want to get into this. John Cena criticised for his peacemaker tweet during the Russia-Ukraine conflict. That is putting it mildly. Veteran WWE superstar John Cena is being criticised for a tweet he made this morning as Russian President Vladimir Putin launched his military offensive into the Ukraine. Cena took to Twitter this morning and plugged his Peacemaker HBO Max series because no time like the present, eh, buddy? While apparently making a tweet about the conflict, he said, if I could somehow summon the powers of a real-life Peacemaker, I think this would be a great time to do so, Cena wrote. Cena is receiving significant backlash from fans and other celebrities on Twitter. He has also picked up some mainstream press today with media outlets covering the criticism. While there are hundreds of tweets knocking Cena for his Russia-Ukraine comments, there are many supporting and defending Cena for the post. Cena has previously received heat for his support of China's Communist Party. Yeah, money talks, doesn't it, buddy? Uh, He made headlines back in May for apologizing to China after referring to Taiwan as a country. (gasps) The outrage. The CCP considers Taiwan to be a part of China. So referring to Taiwan as its own entity is seen as offensive and disrespectful in China. Yeah, because we all care what that massive fucking dictatorship clusterfuck thinks, don't we, John? Oh, wait, no, that's just you, you little fucking f- Just saying. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just the way it is. It's, it's infuriated me so much. I apologize for using that slur. Thoughts on this tweet? It seems reasonably inoffensive. However, during the considered climate, Carl Wilkinson, I can imagine... This would upset, and rightfully so, many people. I mean, he is an entertainer at heart. I don't think John Cena is a bad person. You can just look at all the stuff he's done with Make-A-Wish mm. to... Maybe a great person. It, it, it just seems... It's not the best time to do self-promotion. I haven't seen Peacemaker. I want to. I'm going to find it eventually because he was great in the movie, and any of the clips I've seen, he seemed actually hilarious. But there's a time and a place, John, and I'm sorry, this isn't it. Like, this is something I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. Like, when I was young, the war on terror, I was too, I was a kid, I didn't understand it. But as a soon-to-be 31-year-old man, oh my fucking God, I don't want to think about that. But this is, this is something that, this is the step to, you know, a potential worldwide conflict, something that I never thought I would ever see or have to see or live in. And it's genuinely terrifying. P- pick your battles, bro. Aaron Anderson. Um, do you think he uh, at least warrants an apology to people due to his somewhat mild social media faux pas? Yeah, I- I'd say so. I mean, in a word, like tone deaf, isn't it? Um, I, th- I think he probably should apologize because there are, you know, real people dying now, unfortunately. Um, I think the thing is, it's like, it's, it's not even saying like, oh, I wish the fight would stop. It's him just plugging the show. I like John Cena. Um, I, I like, I've liked his wrestling career. I like his acting career, but I do think that this was a pretty silly thing to say. Uh, as well as that, the peacemaker is not like a diplomat who tries to sort out war. He's a nutcase who kills people so that there's no more war going on. He wants to kill all the soldiers so there's no one left. So, I, I don't know. Interesting thing to say. I haven't seen all of Peacemaker, so I don't know if there's like a character arc there at all. Uh, but in the Suicide Squad, he is that way. In in I've watched the first three episodes. There does seem to be like a bit of a character arc going on, but still tone deaf. I'm starting to lose my fucking patience with the prick. I appreciate your very well balanced uh, arguments for me. When he had the nerve to apologize to try, let's be honest, 
John Cena, you apologize to China because of the large amount of money that your franchises make in China, not because you in any way give two fucks about Taiwan or China. And I know he speaks Mandarin and good for him. That's wonderful. I don't fucking care. That was frankly distasteful. And again, it's one of those things. Hey, you want to go to Taiwan and speak to those people about how the oppression and what they've had to go through? Nah, don't want to do that. I'll just go on social media and make dumb comments. And again, you know, the overall tweet isn't that offensive to me. You know, and I think it came from a good place of like, oh, you know, they could do with a peacemaker there. But it's also that thing of like, shut up. And you're paid a lot of money to know better. This is why you are paid so much money to do what you do. And for you to sit there and, you know, make a flippant tweet like that. Okay, cool. But people are like, yeah, but there's much worse things being tweeted. Yes, being tweeted by nobodies who do nothing and literally... Like a basement dwelling scum. No offense, Carl Wilkins. Um, but it's one of those things. He has a job. I'm not the rest of you cunts. But, it, you know, it, what fucking winds me up is the fact that people are dying for no reason at all because someone has a massive chubby on as a dictator because Putin is a fat sack of potato cunt. That's what he is. And you think it now's a good time to put a tweet out like that? Like you say, tone deaf. It is tone deaf, but I'm not letting you off the hook because of the Chinese and Taiwan faux pas. And now again, and once again, it's one of those things of like, you're not a bad person. I absolutely don't think you are. And if John Cena was here, I'd tell him, you've done some amazing things and I'm very impressed. But stop being an ignorant Lego-headed fuck and just pay attention. And for considering the amount of money you earn, you'd think you would invest in a PR agent is all I'm saying. I'll tell you who's going to have to invest, mate. <laughs> um, Cesaro, reportedly gone from WWE. A round of applause from Kyle Wilkinson. He's happy about this. Um, Cesaro quietly exited WWE after his contract expired. Um, quietly exited it, just like he had quietly exited TV programming for the last year, it seems, according to PW Insider. He was originally scheduled to be at Friday SmackDown in Hershey, Pennsylvania. But he will not be there as he is no longer with the company. It was noted that WWE and Cesaro had been in contract negotiations, but they could not come to terms on a new deal. He is reportedly free to sign with anyone he wants to, as he is not under any kind of non-complete clause due to the contract expiring. He last wrestled on the February 11th edition of SmackDown, losing to Happy Baron Corbin. I'm seeing a trend here. Um, yeah, he had wrestled just five matches in 2022 and lost every single one. Oh, dear. He's 41, uh, Cesaro. So, Carl Wilkinson, Cesaro, best fit for him moving forward. I mean, I know everyone's going to say AEW because that's all everyone says. Fuck. But, exactly. I feel like a broker because I say this a lot. I think he'd have great matches in Impact. Give me Cesaro with Josh Alexander, bro. I mean, give me Josh Alexander with anyone, and I'm probably going to have a raging erection. But I think... I think, fuck, New Japan of America, like New Japan Strong, I think he'd have some whoppers down there. That's the money maker right there, in my opinion. He's not a very good entertainer. He's a world-class athlete slash wrestler. Where's the best place to go? New Japan. Perfect place. Like, that's that's the only place he should be going, in my opinion, is New Japan. Cameron Anderson, uh, do you think, um, considering how the years have gone for Cesaro, this is probably a good move for him at this point? Um, I, I don't know. It depends where really he finds his fulfillment, whether that is, you know, with the big WWE bucks, as you know, they were negotiating a contract. Um, 
Yeah, AEW is a super obvious place, but I don't think that's a great idea. I think I agree. New Japan Strong would be pretty sick. Maybe doing some tours in the UK might be nice. Um, nice for us, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah I, I just think it's a real sort of missed opportunity considering how great he was at WrestleMania last year. And, like, fair enough, he is, like, not the sort of best um, entertainer, I guess. Um, but, you know, surely he could have just taken Shinsuke Nakamura's last IC reign instead. If, like, if that was Cesaro instead, it would have kind of complemented Roman's reign as well. I think that would have been pretty sweet. It's really hard for me to say this. I don't care about Cesaro. And, like, from a technical standpoint, he's amazing. And I can guarantee you within a year, Cameron Anderson will be on his podcast bragging about how he did a seminar with him. I can absolutely guarantee it. Um, oh, and, yeah. and rightfully so. The guy fucking did a seminar with Speedball Mike Bailey. Why wouldn't he brag about this, too? And you can bet that if Cesaro's coming over here, of course I'll be working my bollocks off to fucking work with him in some kind of fashion. And I'm very blessed that I get to work with some of the best in the business. But... Um, I just feel, okay, he had that amazing match with Roman Reigns. They had that kind of two or three week feud where it was like, yeah, you can have a title shot. And that was, I think the idea of that was, hey, give you this. See, we think you're great. Please sign with us. And then it's right back to doing nothing. The difference between a Cesaro and a lot of the other guys like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn is that they're perpetually excellent at entertaining you. Cesaro is morbidly boring when it comes to promos and that. He is. He's boring. He can't talk. He's very, very boring. And people will say, well, you don't need to... I hear this argument all the time, okay? And I, I need to nip this in the bud. I remember putting out a tweet ages ago about Shinsuke Nakamura. And I said, he's fucking dull. He's fucking boring. And he doesn't work in the WWE system. Okay? Very crucial fact there. And, oh, my God, the Nakamura marks. Look at fucking oh just he's incredible and he's fucking entertainable and i was like the guy can't talk and literally everyone was tweeting me armies of fucking fat net bearded twats who have never fucking done any exercise in their lives and they were all telling me how oh well you know what some of the greatest wrestlers in the world could never talk okay let's have a look at all the greatest wrestlers of all time rick flair sting john cena hulk hogan roman reigns Fucking, I mean, Warrior, Warrior, Macho Man. Yeah, no, to be fair, Warrior could talk, but um, it was a bit mental. Yeah, yeah, that's that was the appeal. So, I mean, I I think the only exception to that rule would maybe be Bret Hart. He wasn't the greatest talker. He wasn't awful, but he wasn't good. But he could get by. Even he, I'd say, character-wise, like I'm not saying he was like. No, that's okay. He wasn't like a shit mic worker by any means, but it was definitely his weakest point. But to be fair, when you're that good in the ring, saying your weakest point is your mic skills isn't that bad of a thing to say. So, like, he'll he'll Brett was really more entertaining good. than Cesaro, mate. Like, that's oh, definitely, thing. absolutely. Like, like, Brett could go grab a live mic in the United States when he was heel, and people were fucking losing their minds and wanted him dead because he was Canadian. And that shows that he was clearly a world class promo. He was. He just never really did it much because he only had a good heel run for about six months, didn't he? You know, he turns at WrestleMania and then he's fucking gone by Survivor Series. So, and then yeah, he has a chance. Like, so, you know, with him, it's actually a case of he was always a great mic worker. It's just that he was always go out there and be the face of the company. You know, go out there and be the guy that everyone can rely on. And <laughs> John Cena's promo sucked when he was just Mr. Boring and did nothing. Like, they sucked too. He, he resorted to these terrible jokes. 
you know. So every single person who's worth their salt in this industry knows how to entertain. That's something that Cesaro has never been able to do. And then, you know, you can't call someone the Swiss Superman when they have the charisma of an almond. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. Um, I quite liked... um, I liked Brett's promo at the end of King of the Ring. That was pretty great. Well, where he calls Jerry Lawler the Burger King. Yeah, that was awesome. That was the best thing ever. I mean, it was very... Very kind of shindy, though, wasn't it? Burger King, <laughs> Burger King. Like, I'm, I'm seen surprised he knows what it is. That. It's like 10 oh, years before he was born. CWP. Oh, seeing as we're talking about indie wrestling, can we just talk about how Destiny Wrestling will be coming back soon? I believe it's March 26th. Yes, it um, is. I've got it, so apologies if I haven't got that correct. Big card, just announced Tyre Valkyrie. But the big story I'm here, for that. Uh, on their social media, they posted an image which contained one Kyle Wilkinson. With, uh, as, as Cam pointed out, a poorly timed uh, chapeau wearing. It is my Villa <laughs> Club hat, which I kind of need to burn. Yeah, I saw that you were wearing some uh, Villain Enterprises gear. Let's <laughs> say about that, the better, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, we've, all, we've all worn questionable things. Prince Harry dressed up as a Nazi. Um, you're welcome. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this is this is pretty good right here. Just going to throw that out there. NBA, yeah. He, I mean, he literally knows nothing about basketball, but he'll fucking nope. tell you how great <laughs> it was that Toronto won the fucking NBA yeah. championship until he blew it in the face. <laughs> I'm also furious because I'm pretty sure they beat the Heat in the fucking Eastern Conference Finals to get to that final. I believe we did, yeah. Well, fuck them then. Fuck Canada. I got this out of a case of beer, dude. Out of a fucking Coors Light thing. That's where it came out of. That's so Canadian. The most most American thing a Canadian could ever say. I got this out of a case of beer. Hoorah. (laughs) Good Canadian beer, not that watered-down American shit. What do we get when we buy a case of beer, Cameron Anderson? Do we get anything free with our cases of beer? We get jack shit, don't we? Like, fuck this. We get fucked up. We get fucked up. (laughs) We don't need free shit because we be getting fucked up, fam. Oh, dear, oh, dear. So, did anyone watch AEW Dynamite last night? Ah, no. I, I didn't. I heard there was a pretty excellent promo from MJF. That's, that's what I wanted to discuss. So, uh, as we noted, MJF... Well, um, MJF broke down into tears. Uh, he broke character in an uncharacteristic promo. That is, that is annoying fucking grammar right now. Uh, the 25-year-old wrestler revealed he was constantly bullied as a child and subjected to racial epithets on, by his schoolmates. MJF mentioned how professional wrestling was his only motivation to get out of bed every morning. I know it's easy to think that I was raised with a silver spoon in my mouth, MJF said, but the fact of the matter is at one point in my life, the only reason I got out of bed in the morning was because of professional wrestling. Just like all of you, I love professional wrestling. I love AW. On last week's Dynamite, CM Punk displayed a photo of a young MJF meeting him at an autograph signing, brushing it off as just another Friday for him. MJF addressed Punk's words this week. That day meant more to me than just another Friday, MJF admitted. Let me go back a little bit in time. In 2007, I'm an 11-year-old boy with a litany of learning disabilities. I have severe ADD. Every single day in school for me was hell. The one thing I was good at was football. I tried out for the team and was one of only two Jewish kids to try out. Shockingly, the coach started me as a linebacker and that meant everything to me. For once, I thought I'd fit in. And the very next day in school, I see my teammates walking up to me and I'm excited because for once in my life, I thought I'm going to make friends. Instead, they look angry and in their hands are rolls of quarters. And all of them decided to throw the quarters at me as hard as they physically could. They said, pick it up, Jew boy, pick it up. 
I went home. I cried and cried. I finally stopped because I realized today's Friday and today I get to meet my hero, CM Punk, at an autograph signing. CM Punk, the guy I looked up to. That day meant everything to me. Um, it goes on, and it's an excellent promo, actually. It's definitely worth a watch. How do, what do you think about uh, MJF breaking characters to a certain degree and for the first time really showing a level of weakness, whether we know this to be a shoot or not, it probably is, but we don't know for sure. Um, does it, you know, does it just again reiterate just how special he is on the mic? I mean, I've thought the world of MJF since I first saw him, like, you know, AEW was my first exposure to the guy. He was at a Destiny show and he did wrestle Josh Alexander and like worked up his wife and stuff. Like that was really cool character work. But to see, like you say, this level of weakness, it's something we've never seen from him before because he's always been like this pompous prick, you know, has the ring, has Wardlow in his back pocket. But to see this level of emotion from him, that's not just I'm better than you and you know it. Like that's, it's really almost endearing because it's just something you've never seen before and to have it come out against punk which everyone knows i'm not a huge fan of but i can't disagree that you know he was definitely a big hero of mine probably when i when i was mjf's age at that time i'm pretty sure i'm older than him which is disgusting and i hate myself but to meet to meet your hero in the ring and stand across from him and have these kind of emotions brought out that's actually really cool to see i don't watch the product regularly but i would like to find this promo and get it in its entirety cameron anderson you seem to be hopped up on caffeine judging from your insane amount of movements what do you think about mjs promo yeah um well i haven't watched it myself but i think uh yeah it's very interesting you just you bring up like showing weaknesses um i think you know showing weakness can be very like effective in wrestling i think if everyone's sort of the same level of shows even like in the actual wrestling itself like the same level of skill the same level of strength you know people want to see real real characters you know they don't want to see you know like a fucking um a god who doesn't really feel pain like they want to see emotion they want to emotionally connect with people so i think you know showing weakness there um you know, it really makes, it really fleshes out MJF's character. I think it makes him more than just, you know, a snarky asshole heel. It's, I don't know, I think it's pretty fantastic character work. Do you know what isn't fantastic character work? Austin Aries' opinions. <laughs> oh, uh, fuck that guy, dude. <laughs> well, good news for you, Carl Wilkinson, because Austin Aries is currently trending on Twitter due to his involvement with the Control Your Narrative brand. As we know, uh, EC3 and Adam Share, which of course used to be known as Braun Strowman, uh, along with Kid Across and other wrestlers, are taking the Control Your Narrative brand, which of course is EC3's thing, on the road for two upcoming live events. Um, Aries took to Twitter, I believe it was yesterday or day before yesterday, and revealed that he will be debuting for Control Your Narrative at their event on March the 5th in Orlando, he said, you don't get to force your truths onto me. You don't know me. You don't define me. You don't color my perception. You don't create my reality. And you certainly don't control my narrative. Only I do. On March the 5th, my story begins. Um, obviously, Austin Aries has some rather unique opinions. Um, he also was 
highly regarded as somebody who mocked the use of masks and at a signing got people to wear tinfoil hats that he signed and gave to them. I can see Cameron Anderson just is popping his nuts off in the background like, oh my God, that's such good shit. I should do that. Like, uh, it's great for a gimmick, but it's alarming when it's the actual thing. Um, so yeah, and he's basically been egging on fans on Twitter ever since, talking about how they're all talking about him and you know, he said, uh, so while I've been splashing around at the water park all day, it seems a bunch of you have been spending your day sitting on here talking about me. I appreciate all the love and attention. After all, the wise only feed what they want to see grow. Um, yeah, he called himself Mr. Arts and Culture as well. That's a very interesting term. And there's quite a few things floating around. Uh, can, if you just put in hashtag control your narrative, you'll see it all. Austin Aries has been widely regarded as a bit of a buffoon at times for opinions. I believe he's the one that said that tap water could cause autism. Um, he believes that any artificial food uh, can bring about certain disabilities and things of that nature. So if you use artificial sweetener and stuff, he believes that uh, I think the, one of the lines I remember him saying was the insinuation that drinking Diet Coke or any kind of diet drink that has any kind of aspartame or artificial sweeteners could bring around certain levels of control from the government something around that region <laughs> i don't know you'd have to fact check him yourself i don't care enough but he is working in a lot more places carl wilkinson you excited to see austin aries in a town near you no oh, i think i would rather kill myself <laughs> seems a bit drastic to be honest cameron anderson <laughs> you're Cameron Anderson, your rebuttal to uh, the potential suicide of Carl Wilkinson overseeing Austin Aries' life? I'll do it on stream. Don't, don't do it, man. And just turn off the TV. Just don't watch. Just no, don't you, watch you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for talking me off that ledge, man. I didn't know what I was doing with that shit. Cameron Anderson, hey, the negotiator. <laughs> Look, I'm not Saving lives is 2022. Okay? I've, I've been thrown in the deep end here, right? I'm just trying to save my friend. <laughs> um, I, th I think they are going to do quite like more shows for the control your nar narrative thing, aren't they? Like, I think it's not going to just be like a one and done. So all I have to say really is um, Cameron Anderson, 44 at outlook.com. I am taking bookings. Thank you, Braun. Um, I'll work for free. I'll do it, please. What a fucking <laughs> shill. You gotta respect that hustle. The problem I have with this, the whole controller there, the thing is, I don't care about Adam Scher, I, uh, Braun Strowman, I don't. I couldn't give less of a sure. shit about Austin Aries if I tried. EC3, I was excited about NetXT, but that was great. His stuff in, in TNA, obviously great. His main roster run, I don't care. Carrying Cross, great. That's awesome. But when like three quarters of the people that have been announced so far, I couldn't care about, I'm not going to go out of my way to see a show. I got a question. Go for it. All right, Kyle, have you had a Diet Coke in the last 48 hours? Uh, I've had one bought for me, but no, I don't because Diet Coke actually tastes <laughs> like urine. <laughs> All right, he's not being mind controlled. That's his real, genuine feelings towards well, the match. Let's, <laughs> let's, 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 let's shift gears a bit because we've got nine minutes left on this Zoom section before we obviously uh, move on. So let's talk about soda. Um, we're all in agreement that Pepsi Max is infinitely better than any Diet Coke or Coke Zero brand, right? 
Uh, no, I prefer, I like Coke Zero actually. Oh, fuck you. Like, see, this is exactly why you had that hiatus for so long. It's not because, you know, your mental health was poor, because you're a shitty friend, or because you didn't want to sell it. It's because you drink fucking Coke Zero, which literally tastes like somebody has somehow found a way to make cardboard fluid. It's it's astounding. It's, it's shit. Cameron Anderson, you're clearly one of these, you know, protein fuck nuggets. What, do you drink any soda? <laughs> Actually, don't. I was going to say, I, I don't drink soda. Fuck this guy. He, he like, you know what? When you've had your midlife crisis and when you've been fucking battered around and been dumped like me and Carl Wilkinson have, we'll see whether you fucking turn your nose up at soda then. But let's be honest. Right, okay, Carl Wilkinson, your top choice of beverage when it comes to sodas. Oh, fuck me. Um, if it had... Hmm. Probably Mountain Dew, because I'm just a gamer. I love me some Mountain Dew. It classic Mountain Dew. Like I like the blue stuff. I like the red stuff. That's they had like different flavors over here that you could vote for. There's like code <laughs> red, which was okay. But classic like Mountain Dew is a big one for me. I yeah. I do you know a wrestler called Mountain Stew? <laughs> No, but I'd like to meet this person. So this guy is a, I believe he's a British independent wrestler and he has a singlet with Mountain Stew on it and his name's Stew. <laughs> I think it's good shit. Um, I also really like the fact that in Bojack Horseman, if you look very carefully, there is a moment where Todd is eating cereal while talking to Bojack Horseman and he pours into his cereal what looks like Mountain Dew, but it actually has on it <laughs> Alpine Sweat. Which <laughs> Very amusing for me. I, I love, see, this is a great thing about being a media guy. You spot the little thing. Mountain Dew is good. I'm still furious that we only get Mountain Dew and Mountain Dew Diet. They had red over here for a little while, and then they discontinued it because apparently it wasn't. Oh, sluts. Yeah, because red is, like, so good. So uh, Cameron Anderson obviously is excluded from this conversation, but if you want to know what his favorite protein shake is, then I've, by all means hit him up at Cameron1PW on social media, and I'm sure he'll tell you all about you know, protein bra and all that stuff um, that young people, you know, before they lose the will to live do. I, I don't know. Youth and exuberance, I guess. But yeah, Coke Zero sucks dick. Um, just saying. Pepsi Max, Pepsi Max Cherry. Oh, by the way, Dr. Pepper Strawberry, right? How the fuck are we only allowed to drink that in Five Guys? Why isn't that like a regular thing? They, that really pisses me off. I go into Five Guys, I have my, which by the way, is the Cadillac of fast food. It is masterful. It's wonderful. You can shove your Tim Hortons up your bum, by the way, because I had Tim Hortons in Birmingham. That pisses me off as well. So obviously we're not getting the full experience, but Tim Hortons is really below par over here. There's only like three or four of them and they're not good. They're not good at all. What's, what's the big deal? Like, what am I missing? I mean, I could ask the same about Five Guys. I don't have any here around here, so I've I've never had the pleasure. I mean, Five Guys is like people kick off and say Five Guys is too expensive. You know, M McDonald's is cheaper. Well, yeah, because McDonald's is made of discarded horse feces. Like that's why. Like you know, it tastes. Don't get me wrong, it tastes good, but it you know. Like somehow they made that horse feces taste like real good shit. I tell you, it's like crack. But that's exactly it. It's a bit like um when Bender becomes a great chef, but he doesn't. He just happens to have laced all his stuff with LSD. And... <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's the Iron Chef episode, isn't it? Yes, which is by far and away one of the most underrated episodes in Futurama oh, history. 
There's oh, not man. a bad one. I don't know what you mean. Silent green. green. <laughs> That's people, dude. That's people. They're eating people. Stop yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking amazing. What's the secret of Grid? It's fucking brilliant. I love Futurama. Not as much when DiMaggio isn't voicing Bender, though. So pull your thumbs out and pay the man his money. Um, which is, you know what, Cameron Anson, we didn't get a chance to ask you because you didn't bother turning up that week. Are you excited about the return of Futurama? Yeah, um, I don't know. I feel like the last episode is like the most perfect thing. So uh, you know, I'm always up for more zany adventures. Um, you know, Stephanie Sandal, I do play things is fantastic. Meanwhile, is fantastic. Jurassic Bark. Fuck off, Luck of oh, the he said it. He, no, he mate, said it. No. No, I could feel. I could feel. I could feel it. The PTSD, tears. I could feel man. them. PTSD. Just saying it. Oh. Mate, for me, Luck of the Fryish is worse. Um, that's pretty that hard. One hits, well, yeah, that one hits hard too. What, yeah, it didn't hit me as hard because I don't have any family because family is pointless and pathetic. But ultimately, um, yeah, no, the dog thing though, I was like, nah, nah, fuck you. Like that is that is soul destroying. But Luck of the Fryish is pretty. But it's yeah. luckily, luckily though, it's broken by that moment where Bender offers to beat the shit out of the corpse. So at least you're like, oh, oh <laughs> bit, of comedic, bit of comedic relief because we all love a bit of corpse bashing, right, guys? Am I right? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> but, like with the dog one, it's like, nah, we'll just watch as the dog slowly waits and waits and then passes away in his sleep. What the fuck? <laughs> you no. No, it should be banned. Even even Panucci's like giving him pizza and head rubs, and you're like, that guy was a fat pig, but he loved this dog. You fat pig. Yeah, well, why did they do that? Like, they could have just not ended it that way, but obviously we won't be talking about it now. So I can't I can't handle it. It's it's soul destroying. There's also the episode where Fry becomes the emperor of the water planet. That is fucking phenomenal. <laughs> oh, because he, he drinks the upper and they sweat him out. Then they start beating the shit out of him just to make him cry. That is amazing. <laughs> that is actually amazing. Keep it up, men. The veneer is starting to peel. I... <laughs> fucking... uh, the, fountain of, the Fountain of Youth episode. Oh, Where, what? Uh, oh, yeah. getting younger and younger. That is yeah. fucking phenomenal. Leela's just basically babysitting a bunch of stupid kids. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like it because of the idea of, um, I think it would, oh, do you remember the, I think it's the $300 episode where they each get $300 tax deductible. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> fucking professor spends it on like stem cells that make him look young and he starts macking out with all these fit birds and shit. And then he yeah. like, then it turns out the bird's got like a fucking, she pulls out like a belly button. She's actually like a fucking 450 pound viscera heifer in it. Like, oh. Like, I think the worst the worst ones are probably the ones where he's like macking on mom because they used to be a thing and because all the robots go evil because you know so mom's going through a midlife crisis she's like yeah. she's the most underrated side character because she is so fucking br- the way she beats the shit out of her kids <laughs> honestly that is a fucking masterpiece man it's an inspiring tale of how a parent should deal with their unruly sons I think it's absolutely brilliant. I just love the fact when he's like, I still love you, mommy. Nobody cares. <laughs> just fucking blast him <laughs> across the face. That's money, mate. Right. Should we should we carry on talking about wrestling? Um, yes. Uh, no. I mean, it's not yeah. Futurama. It's Even. not telling me that <laughs> my pin number is the same price as a slice of pie or a slice of pizza and a drink from my workplace, Panucci's Pizza. 
Yeah, and the fact that he would have got 18 million for a bunch of anchovies, but he chose to eat them instead, and then Zoidberg fucking lost his marbles. Uh, <laughs> man, Futurama's so <laughs> fucking good. Right, some quick round-the-world news in wrestling. So, Carl Wilkinson, Rhea Ripley has a special WrestleMania match in mind against the WWE Hall of Famer. Can you guess who it is? Holly Holly. Close. Ivory? Mm, no, I got any other way now. It's uh, Beth Phoenix. Oh, I'm okay with that. So, okay. The reason I say close Couple. is obviously Molly Holly and Beth Phoenix were very close together. So, boys, very quickly, yeah. do we like the idea of Rhea Ripley versus Beth Phoenix at this year's WrestleMania? Yes. Yes. Thank you very much. Hey, John, you, you are quick fire. Yeah, no, absolutely fair. And to be fair, it's, yeah, it'd be fucking money. By the way, Rhea Ripley is a megastar, and the fact they don't treat her like one is a joke. She's also scintillating in every sense. And what she was wearing in the Elimination Chamber... Lord have mercy. Uh, Jonathan Gresham, allegedly on his way to AEW. That's because he's working the Terminus 2 pay-per-view tonight against Santana. And Terminus is kind of a thing that he does with, I think his name is Aaron Black, one of the, I don't know, one of the one billion wrestlers that appears on AEW Dark. Uh, Jonathan Gresham in AEW, good fit or yay or nay? I mean, he is a hell of a wrestler and he is a very, very strong man. I, uh, I don't see any issues with it. Cameron? Man's got to get paid. Man's got to get paid. But see, you said, Aaron, you said Aaron Black, and the first thing I thought of was the Mortal Kombat character. <laughs> oh, yeah, Aaron Black. What, isn't he the cowboy? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, I, know, I know things about nerds and shit. Um, Jake Roberts recalls intentionally injuring an opponent. This should be fun. Uh, on his uh, latest episode of, well, on the latest episode of the DDP Snake Pit, which is basically him and, you know, DDP. Got thing. Uh, I had an incident where a guy was giving me a clothesline every night and it was freaking ripping my head off and I was recovering from having neck surgery. And in wrestling, you can make it look like you tore the guy's head off or you can tear the guy's actual head off. And of course, making it look like it is much better than actually just fucking doing it. Um, so I went to the guy and called him out. I said, hey, dude, you're kidding me. What the hell? And he looked at me and said, well, maybe it's time you get out of the ring. So the next time he wrestled, he closed on me and I did a little maneuver and snapped his bicep in half with intent. And when he went down, he was grabbing his arm. The bicep rolled up his shoulder. It looked pretty awesome. Uh, he's <laughs> screaming and he's screaming to ring the bell. So I jumped on top of him, grabbed his bicep and just started squeezing it. Oh. And I was pissed. I told him maybe it was time for him to get out of the fucking ring. Not proud of it. I do need to apologize to him, face him. I'm not going to call his name out. We all know him, but he did what he did, and I did what I did, and he had six months off. So, do we... Uh, do we? T- Cameron Anderson, you're a worker. Let's start with you. Do you take umbrage with Jake the Snake Roberts um, legitimately tearing a man's bicep so it pings and rolls up their arm and then squeezing it? That shit happens. And um, you know what? If you want to see me intentionally injure an opponent, just wait till I get my hands on the knobs. Oh, oh we're going to talk about that in a minute. Don't you worry. Yeah, um, baby. Carl Wilkinson, any problems with this wonderful story of Jake Roberts? Or do you think it's so long ago? Nobody gives a fuck because it was a different I'm- time. I mean, there is that, you know, fucking all the old guys from the golden age saying, back in my day, we carried guns in the locker room. I mean, that's stupid. But I don't care what era it is. I don't think you should ever intentionally injure someone. Like, that that, that interferes with their ability to work, their ability to 
make sure their family stays fed and housed and stuff. That no, I I don't appreciate it, but I mean, do I really care that it happened in like 1987? No, not not really. Yeah, fair enough. All right, back to Rhea Ripley, funnily enough. Her and Bailey are teasing a match at WrestleMania by going back and forth on Twitter. What do we think about that if we can't get Beth Phoenix versus Rhea Ripley? Is that a good use of Bailey on her return? I mean, she has to win when she comes back, right? So why put her against someone else who desperately needs a win? That seems incredibly silly and something WWE would totally do. Cameron Anderson? Yeah, who, who would you say then, Kyle? Who, who can lose to Bailey? Dana Brooke. That's, uh, that's honestly, that was my first thought. I was just going to say Dana Brooke. But that, yeah, but is that a WrestleMania marquee match? But that, uh, that Dana Brooke. Former 24 7 champion. Former? Who she loses to? Reggie. Uh, Reggie, yeah, rolled her up because she friend zoned him. Uh, well, yeah, because, you know, he's Reggie, isn't it? Like, Mate, come on. Plus, Reggie can't Nia, be doing that. Isn't he like Nia Jax's sloppy seconds? So I ain't like you're going to... He's ruined. His arsehole must be completely shredded. Like, it must look like a turned out rose. Oh. Rose bud. Oh. oh, I can see it in my mind, and I really wish I couldn't right now. <laughs> ah, Reggie. It's a prolapsed the- anus. WWE Raw, episode 695, The Curious Case of Reggie and the Prolapsed Anus. Um, <laughs> good stuff. All right, we'll move on. Shane Thorne, everyone's most shittest, crappiest wrestler. If you like Shane Thorne, you probably need to kill yourself. Uh, Shane Thorne reveals interesting names pitched as Retribution Leader. He was on the Two Man Power Trip podcast. God knows why. They must have been really short of fucking guess that way. When they first started Retribution, these segments were awesome. Flipping cars, throwing Molotov cocktails, trash in the place. Yeah, good stuff. Were they, were they that cool? Yeah, was it? Was it really? <laughs> like Shane Thorne's <laughs> career, I think it has been woefully inflated. Uh, I don't know who did that, but that wasn't us, Form recalled. When they were so apparently, like that wasn't any like retribution members. So they must have got stuntmen in. Because if I know Vince, he's like, get some actors, that great shit. Um, so uh we pitched ideas for the group's potential leader. Um, and apparently, uh meant the two main people, okay. Fuck it. Let's play. Before they settled on Mustafa Ali, who do you think was pitched as the leader of Retribution? Oh, God. Throw some names out there, boys. Cesaro, because I had nothing for him. I'll give you a hint. I think think I've heard one of them. I'll give you a hint. One, arguably, is one of Kyle's favourite wrestlers ever, and the other is arguably one of Kyle's most least favourite wrestlers ever. (laughs) If Kevin Owens is on that list, I'm going to kill myself. Close edge, oh. and Shane McMahon. <laughs> oh. All right, I think I just threw up my in my lungs. Oh. You think it should have been The Rock? Imagine that. Um, no, I can't <laughs> because The oh. Rock is The Rock, and Shane Thorne is quite literally. Oh garbage. Logan Paul returned to WWE Raw, and I believe he'll be tagging with The Miz. Are we excited about the idea of that at WrestleMania? I mean, it's better than giving... Uh, no, I don't care, man. I love Rey Mysterio, but I don't care anymore. I don't care about Dominic. I don't care about The Miz. I'm happy The Miz gets a prominent spot on the card. He gets all the celebrity matches because he's a good 
like a good solid hand, but the fuck do I care about Logan Paul? He should go hang out in that forest. I thought you were going to say he should just hang, but then you kind of follow that up by talking about the forest of suicides. A lot of suicide talk on this podcast, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. It's genuinely do have problems with mental health and are feeling suicidal. First of all, never listen to the wrestle blog, and second of all, please, please speak to somebody who matters. Speak to your doctor, and most importantly, there are helplines that are available for you. Carl Wilkinson should not be the poster child for anything much less suicide. No. <laughs> I mean, I've, come on, man. It's growing, it's growing in well. Don't say it's, that. It's growing in well. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a handsome man. I could be a, a face yeah, you, of something. Yeah, you shave that beard again, and seriously, I will disown you, because you, honestly, you look like Jimmy Savile's son, and that's not a good thing, bro. I don't uh, know what that means, but I'll take it. <laughs> this, I, to be honest, I just said that to Pop Cameron Anderson, because I knew <laughs> who that is. Uh, Jimmy Savile, one of the most, um, well, frankly, most really appreciated talents and celebrities in this country's <laughs> history. <laughs> yeah. Until, just, he decided, until, it came, his... until it came out that he was raping corpses, isn't it? Um, yeah. Awkward. At the time of his death, one of the most, you know, one of the most loved entertainers in this country. Yeah. He was, yeah, play by the, by the way, uh, fun little story for you, Carl Wilkinson. So Jimmy Savile, well, widely regarded as a serial pedophile and a disgusting human being. Um, okay. Now, anyway, but somebody actually tweeted uh, Hulk Hogan and said, uh, yo, Hulk Hogan, you're like my favorite hero of all time. Could you give a shout out to my granddad and posted a photo of Jimmy Savile? <laughs> and um, Hulk Hogan replied, hey, brother, brother, it's a great tough X for being one of my biggest fans, brother. And um, he also did this with um, uh, Joseph Fritzl, the man who locked up his daughter for 25 years in his basement. And Hulk Hogan also replied to that. So shout out to Hulk Hogan for being an anti-vaxxing, levery, basketball-skinned buffoon. <clears throat> Un- I-, I swear... I swear I saw a post of Hogan retweeting someone's grandma, but it was just a screenshot of Scooby-Doo dressed in drag yeah. from the live-action yeah. film. There's, um, <laughs> the best one is somebody said, um, oh, you know, my grandchild, um, my granddaughter, she's a huge fan of yours. Um, here's a picture of her. Would you mind giving her a shout-out? And it was a picture of Maddie McCann. Fuck it out. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. Um, <laughs> I've, we... got, I've got... Um, yeah, my mum actually sent in a photo to be on one of Jimmy Savile's shows. Your she wasn't mum selected. Your mum. But... <laughs> okay, that really that's that's terrifying to me because Cameron's <laughs> mum, right? Full disclosure, is well fit. Like she is peng. And the idea that like Jimmy Savile would have, yeah, no, that's fucking do you know what? Talk about dodging a bullet. Congratulations. You met your dad, <laughs> and now and then they had you, which was, you know, so one out of two ain't bad. Um <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Um, JBL had something to share which wasn't completely annoying for once so there's one thing WWE Hall of Famer JBL is a fan of it's a good rib when he's not sticking fingers in young boys allegedly Um, and we're back to Jimmy Savile the circle completes if there's another thing he enjoys it's telling the story of the greatest rib the former APA member has seen in his long career so this will be good JBL told the story of what he believes to be the greatest rib in the history of wrestling and how it came together it involves former WWE star Horn Swoggle, former wrestler turned backstage agent Finley, a chicken, and a WWE show in Mexico. It's story time with Aaron Nix, ladies and gentlemen. So buckle up, get your favorite beverage, and listen in. Ah, the horn swoggle rib with the chicken under the ring in Mexico. That was one of the greatest ribs of all time, JBL said. And we got the video, as you've probably seen, of the chicken under the ring. We called Debbie, who said, Hey, we've got this video. 
we put it out there. They gave us clearance to put it out there. It was owned by one of the cameramen, I think. So technically, WWE didn't own it, but they always went through the right hoops to make sure we didn't upset the apple cart. But the planning of the, this rib was for Finley to find out that Hornswoggle was scared of chickens because he saw him in a scene with the great Carly and he saw Hornswoggle jump from a chicken and then from the security guard saying he wants to get him to sending Davy Coates to go get a chicken and put it on the ring with him and to put a camera under there. This rib was very elaborate, and that, to me, is the ultimate rib. I don't like ribs where you tear up stuff or people's property. I love stuff like this. I thought that was one of the greatest ribs of all time, and it's all fit Finley. Finley is a genius. He's a very smart guy, but he's also one of these guys that you do not want against you because he will mess with you in a very entertaining way. So... <laughs> I'm fascinated by JBL's idea of a great rib. From what I can tell from the terrible grammar of this, because obviously JBL talks like he's well, probably got his fingers up Brian Kendrick, um, which <laughs> in retrospect, probably not a bad idea. Or maybe that's what got Brian Kendrick saying what he did in the end. I don't know. Um, what do we think about this rib of a chicken under the ring in Mexico of all places? <laughs> so complicated. It's just, I don't get what the actual rib is. I'm, I'm no. reading I maybe but, can we just talk for I think the next um, JBL's a prick. I, no, I think it's like because Hornswoggle would hide under the ring, right? So they get him stuck under there with a chicken that he's afraid of. Uh, um, yeah, that's pretty. Um, that is pretty elaborate. I think for us, the best kind of rib we've had is just Cruz getting hit in the dick. So um, <laughs> that's I got mean, nothing to do with me. I'm pretty sure the, <laughs> the best under the ring segment is when Leela's fighting her former master under the robot wrestling ring. That was great. You just what can't get away from it, was. can you? You just no, we just no dude. I, I thought robot wrestling was real, like actual wrestling. It turns out it's fixed, like boxing. <laughs> <laughs> the, I like it. Sales of your sandalwood t-shirt. <laughs> sandalwood things are fucking down by 10%. Those idiots. I said tea berry, not sandalwood. <laughs> so random. More Futurama references. So, ladies and gentlemen, we review, well, we previewed them on the last podcast, and there were some very interesting things that had to be said. But there were two shows on the weekends that were consumed by wrestling fans the world over. One in a brutal, awful, miserable hellhole, and the other one in Saudi Arabia. Um, just, <laughs> oh, um, got him. Got him. So let's talk about the Elimination Chamber rather quickly. So Rey Mysterio with Dominic defeated The Miz by pinfall. Anyone care Does about it? that? I mean, Pretty I, got, sure the, I got the point. I, fuck off. I got the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he got the point. He did get the point. So Roman Reigns, shock horror, defeated Bill Goldberg in six minutes by technical submission. <laughs> So, obviously, if we're counting, I believe, because um, I picked The Miz, didn't I? Yes, um, did. Yeah, so that's that's me one and one. And I believe someone else is one and one because, oh, wait a minute, who did you have, Cameron Anderson, The Miz or? I had The I had the Miz, actually, so I'm actually on zero. And you also had Goldberg, who lost <laughs> um, my technical submission. Look, I'm going to be honest, I... I didn't really pick very well for this show. I kind of just went for what would be the funniest thing. I, I just kind of thought what's quite funny. But I did want Goldberg to win. They didn't. Right. Who did we have in the Women's Elimination Chamber match? Um, I 
You had Alexa Bliss, didn't you? I believe I did, yeah. Cameron Anderson, you had Dewdrop, if I remember rightly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I did have Dewdrop. Fuck, I think you, Jeremy Miller. <laughs> I don't think any of us had the winner. No, because I had Liv Morgan because I'm in love with her. Um, called Please Call Who Me Liv. Who did Delanzo have? Bianca Belair won. I, I Can we talk about the fact that all the Saudi Arabian fans booed the everlasting shit out of Bianca Belair winning and ultimately did not receive any of the women very well whatsoever? I mean, it's the culture, right? It's the country. Yeah, because they're a bunch of cunts, basically. So, I mean, when their women get stoned, it's a very different meaning than it is here. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Cameron Anderson ever stoned a woman? Um, no. Any plans to? You know, we'll see what happens. I, I mean, I can't tell the future. That's a I'm bad answer, man. To- That's a <laughs> terrible answer. That's a bad answer. <laughs> Yo, you thought, wow, I thought Jimmy Savile had good PR. <laughs> I, um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, so Owen Free and 1 and 2, I believe, respectively. Yeah, um, I'm sure one. you'll update me. So who had Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville to win this match, Cameron Anderson? Wait. Yeah, I don't think no, I, I, I might have I, actually. Did you? Oh, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, no way Rogers I've got, losing. I've got none, have I? I've not got a single. Currently <laughs> at 0 4, and looking down the barrel of a bottle of HP Core, <laughs> Cameron Anderson. Um, and oh, if you don't get that, punishment. go back to about four podcasts ago. By the way, Mustafa Ali, still not winning a belt, Jeremy Miller. Looking forward to your fucking forfeit. Uh, yeah, Naomi and Ronda Rousey, <laughs> shock horror, defeated Charlotte Flair and Sonia Deville. Um, even though Ronda Rousey had one arm tied behind her back because nothing says, hey, let's use one of the most legitimate women's wrestlers of all time and then tie one of her arms behind her back. Uh, Drew McIntyre defeated Mad Cat Moss. Who would have fought it? Please tell me you um, didn't beat Mad Cat Moss. No, I didn't. I can't remember. I you cannot remember. did. I fucking remember you going, yes, again, all fucking hyped. I reckon you're 0-5 here. I will go back on the take, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, we will update you with the official results, all which are still on the social media. However, I want anyone who listens to this to send in their suggestions for a forfeit. Whoever's got the least is getting forfeits. And bear in mind, it's probably going to be Cameron Anderson. So Ebenezer the Geezer will probably be listening to this and will probably have many a forfeit. Maybe... Forfeit could be wrestling a monster. I don't know. I'd like uh, to throw it out real quick that Moss did like yeah, that's never gonna happen. Moss die. That was pretty gnarly. That's that's a shame. Becky Lynch defeated Lita um by pinfall. Shocked. Shock yeah. horror. Uh the wow. Usos um um apparently that ended in a no contest, so it didn't actually even start. <laughs> so <laughs> Fuck yeah, they flew. Players they players flew players. the Viking Raiders and the Usos over to Saudi Arabia, Arabia, sorry, to do nothing. Yeah, that is astonishing. A no, imagine turning, flying to Saudi Arabia, risking being beheaded by some frisky sheik, and then literally you're told, "Yo, um, you won't actually be having a match." Sorry, boys. So go out there and make it look good. <laughs> Come on, man. And your new WWE champion, Brock Lesnar. Defeat. I did not have that. I had Lashley, so... I had Lashley. Lashley's hurt, apparently, I guess. Yes, he is. He got a concussion during that match and needs to go through concussion protocol. Lashley. So, that's, that I mean, pretty much sucks dick. I'm, on the one hand, that does suck because I was really excited for Lashley to go into media again. But I adore Brock Lesnar right now. Like, I can't get over how much fun he is. Did you see him destroy everybody in this match? 
Um, I, I'm. I distinctly remember um, Austin Theory uh, not being alive. He gave Austin Theory an F5 off of one of the cells. That was mad. Fucking cry like credit to Austin Theory for taking that spot. Oh, yeah, poor uh, bloke. My, my, my respect for that man actually just went through the roof. Like he was the last one eliminated, by the way, in a match that had AJ Styles, yeah. Riddle. Like Vince must actually love this kid. Yeah, it's also worth pointing out that both elimination chamber matches went 15 minutes. Really? Crazy. Crazy. Um, to be fair, um, Brock entered early and basically just ended it in about two minutes. So. I mean, that's man. He was <laughs> he was doing all of his taunts in the chamber, and he, you know, classic Brock hitting L one five times. Bobby yeah, Lashley, saved up, dude. Bobby Lashley apparently didn't compete at all in this match. So no, he um no, he didn't get out. He was thrown. Pod. Someone that's was thrown break. through the pod, and I think the glass like hit him square in the head, and he fell back into the chamber. Like this metal post between the glass. That's I think that's what happened. All right. I, I've heard that he went in injured. Oh, um, I mean, maybe what I saw is how they're running it off, sure. but yeah. Not surprising. But as far as injuries go, let's talk about the big one from the weekend because let's talk about IWE Valentine <laughs> violence. Let's go through the results here because there is obviously a few things that people are going to be very interested in. So, uh, Xander and Frankie T, the good goth almighty, successfully defended their tag team championships against a open challenge opponent, which turned out to be the East Anglian Killers, whose manager, you'll love this, uh, Carl Wilkinson, was named Mike Check. <laughs> <laughs> and he oh, was fucking just the little things. He was great. Some little things like that. I like yeah, that. He was, he was really good and knocked his old shit out. In our second contest, Ebenezer the Geezer lost to Danny Disorder via low blow, not seen by the referee, Raheem, who, by the way, had an absolute shocker. Um, you might want to stick to contact, bruv, in future. <laughs> but um, Ebenezer the Geezer loses by low blow, which, of course, if you're wondering what that looks like, just have a look to the right of Carl, um, to Cameron Anderson's head. Um, well, well, he's right, you're left. Um, yeah, there is that arm right there, right in the. I mean, that is a where in the plums one that looks like he's actually grown a third leg. Like, that is an astonishing <laughs> image that we're thinking about it. Cameron Anderson, let's go to you on this. You've got a lot of things to say about the knobs, you have opinions about knobs, and frankly, you know, you talk about knobs a lot. Um, you must be thrilled with this result. I was very thrilled. I just want to say congratulations to Danny Disorder. Great victory. What a guy. You know, I did what all of us want to do and hit Ebenezer right in the plums. So hopefully I'll get my opportunity to do just that very soon. So you've seen Ebenezer the Geezer lose to Danny Disorder. All fucking jokes aside, do you think you could slap him about like a bitch? Yeah, uh, to be honest, I watched the match and I feel like he didn't even hit any moves. It was just Danny Disorder killing him the whole time. So I think, yeah, Ebenezer needs to get to training. So Ebenezer needs to get to training. Well, <laughs> I do have it on good authority that the knobs are not fucking impressed with your bullshit. They are continuously getting pissed off. Um, obviously, I don't know if you watched the interview. I'm sure you did. Ebenezer the Geezer referred to you as a little dickhead you're a problem but yet as of yet there is still not a match 
involving Cameron Anderson and the knobs. Do you fancy your luck against any of the knobs? Absolutely. I just want to say to all of the knobs, die mad, because I don't give a fuck what you think. That's, that's fair enough. Carl Wilkinson is currently shitting his pants. So, um, <laughs> did you not see the message? I, yeah, I did actually. <laughs> sorry, Carl, yeah, but, sorry, but if you leave midway through recording, that's the way it is. So, in our third match, a six-pack challenge to forget. Um, <laughs> sorry, boys. Uh, Kelly Six emerged as the number one contender for Damien's IWE UK National Championship. Cameron Anderson, you've obviously had your sort of, you know, you've worked with a few of these guys and stuff like that. So on a serious note, Kelly Six versus Damien, that's going to be a fucking screamer, right? That is going to be pretty fantastic. I don't know. I thought I, I thought it was honestly going to be either Eddie Kenway. I know he's a knob. I know he was representing the knob at IWE. But, um, you know... I, I gotta admit, you know, he is a fucking killer, isn't he? So I thought he was gonna win. Uh Scott Jones as well. But no, Kelly Six, that is that's gonna be a pretty fantastic match. Pretty uh exciting main event, I imagine. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna get away with Damien kicking out too, but the referee's still counting a three for anyone who has seen the end of that match. Awkward. Uh in our fourth contest, uh, I don't know if you've seen it yet, Cameron Anderson, because it dropped this evening. Leonardo Darwin overcame the Man of Steel MOS and put his name in the hat and put everyone on notice as one of the next number one contenders for the title. Leonardo Darwin, of course, famous for basically being incredibly shit house, like in every sense. I love him so much. He is a master, masterful wrestler. Um, and also the man who lured bulk out of the ring with a KFC bucket on the end of a fishing rod. No jokes. Legitimately, what he did to eliminate a fat guy from a Royal Rumble. I'm impressed. Um, That's so, fair enough. You know what? You got to do what works. And I'm gonna take notes. Maybe I got to keep. I got to keep some chicken in my bag or something. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Potentially, especially if your next fight, from what I've heard, is to be true. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, what? No idea, mate. You want We'll find out. So, uh, no, and, and, what? No, nah, you'll be all right. You'll be fine, mate. Don't worry about it. We'll look. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't really like how you just said that. I, I'm feeling a bit panicky. All of you'll a be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> anyway, and in your main event, uh, the women's title was on the line because Riley Daniels, unfortunately, she was in the house. It was meant to be a number one contenders match. Riley Daniels needs surgery. Unfortunately, the mother of flightless birds could not participate and successfully defend her belt therefore she succeeded the belt and the winner of this match Darcy Stone or Mia Cortez Kerching uh would become the new women's champion and of course Mia Cortez captured the belt to become the new IWE UK national champion of women fantastic Mia Cortez is fucking amazing but I have to give love to Darcy Stone a magnificent contest worthy of any main event. And of course, it's women in the main event, which is always a fucking awesome thing. Uh, Cameron Anderson, your your take on everything you've heard about this show and, of course, a new women's champion? That is pretty fantastic. I'm I'm really looking forward to that one dropping. Um, that, that's the only one that's not out just yet, is it? So 
No, yeah, no. Uh, for those listening, that drops today if you're listening on Friday. So my apologies for spoilers. Um, but it is what it is. But to be fair, if you've listened to our last podcast, then you know the results anyway. And obviously, I still absolutely um you know employ you to head to iw's youtube channel make sure you subscribe because that's really important as well it helps them out um but you get to see all the matches and by the way for the first time ever all matches in 4k which i'm very proud of so check that out as well because that is pretty sick it was a good show to be fair even though it was in you know our end of essex um good show very successful um plenty of banter plenty of great matches as well the quality of wrestling was fantastic uh, and obviously, you know, with Kenway picking up an injury during a six-man match, that obviously derailed that, which is a bit of a shame. But all in all, an excellent, excellent match. Um, or an excellent pay-per-view slash show, if you want to call it that. And we look forward to it. And I have it on very good authority that IWE will return in April to the Rittle Sports and Social Club in Essex in Chelmsford. So make sure, if you are listening to this and you are a fan of for some ungodly reason, the WrestleBlog and IWE, keep an eye on the social media because I know that there are going to be some sick announcements dropping very, very, very soon. Carl Wilkinson, you must be thrilled at the new women's champion. Absolutely, I think. I, I'll be honest, I missed it because I had not said that. I'm not going to lie to these people. I'm not going to lie to these people, dude. No, I'm not a no. monster. Yeah, well, well, first of all, if they're watching this on YouTube, uh, if I can be asked to edit it, which I won't, let's be honest, um, then they would have noticed that you have left. But also, I just wanted to throw you under the bus like a gun. I um, yeah, yeah. Got... I, ro- I rolled with it for a second. No, yeah, fair. Kyle, did, did you like uh, Stone Cold's debut at IWE this weekend? Man, that must have been sick nasty, dude. <laughs> There's, oh, there's ever-growing, um, you know, the internet's losing their shit, aren't they, over Kevin Owens and Steve Austin. They've all settled in now. The graphic design is on fire for this, baby. I can't wait. So, um, so, so what happened to Eddie Kenway? I think you mentioned he's... Um, Eddie Kenway was unfortunately uh, injured at the very beginning oh. of the match um, because Robbie Nitro stuck his big fat foot into him and he fucking fell out and took a bump on the flat floor. And... Uh, yeah, uh, let's just be real with it. Robbie Nitro and Maverick Blade were working the boots into Eddie Kenway. He fell out. He took a flat back bump, essentially. Well, he landed on his hip on the outside on the hardwood floor, um, causing massive bruising and trauma in his leg. And uh, unfortunately, he was uh, pretty much no longer able to continue. And even then, he still tried. And Johnny Royal and Maverick Blade teamed up and rolled him up for a double pinball. So, because he just couldn't move, he was pretty much immobile. So, uh, yeah, Eddie Kenway, Eddie Kenway first eliminated. Oh, interesting. But uh, <laughs> I am, um, yeah, no, Eddie Kenway, we're not laughing at his injury. Well, no, we, we, you know what? Let's just be honest. Um, unprofessionalism is what probably caused it. And if you don't like that, speak to me personally. I'll be more than happy to explain that to you. But other than that, um, you know, the guys who were in that match tried their best to try and keep it on track. It wasn't helped by the fact that the ending was botched as well. The referee clearly missed the fact that Scott Jones's shoulder was so far up. I honestly thought it was going to be inside his anus. Um, um, but the referee missed it. So <laughs> he counted to three anyway. So Kenny six one, Cool. But, you know, Scott Jones clearly had his shoulder up. Um Shout out to Raheem. 
<laughs> you plum. <laughs> you fucking plum. Um, brilliant. He's he is legitimately one of the best referees in the business, but he missed that one. But to his credit, if you watch the other matches, he was absolutely exemplary. So, you know, that shows that you know, anyone can have a shitter on any given day. Of course, Robbie Nitro had a shitter because he's rubbish. But, you know, <clears throat> everyone else, it is what it is. So... Um, yeah, plenty more matches, plenty more shows to come, ladies and gentlemen. I'll obviously be involved in quite a few, so we're endeavoured to try and cover them. I'll obviously try and cover a lot of them solo. Loads of amazing content coming from Rumble Wrestling, from IWE, from CWP, from ACW as well. Uh, they've just actually announced it, so we may as well give them a quick plug. ACW, which is based in Poole and Bournemouth, will be actually in the house March 19th. That's a Saturday night, and they will be presenting a show at the Bournemouth Freemasons Hall. Um, not sure what to make of that, but I'm told it's a very nice venue. Uh, that will be a very interesting card, and I believe it is £7.50 for adults. So, <laughs> and that, 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 That's a good day for everyone. Yeah, that's, pretty uh, much. Uh, that's and the I'm day good. of my Papa Roach concert. Yeah, some of the all-star wrestling guys are going to be there as well. So a very good opportunity to see some great talent from other companies. Scott Jones and Danny Disorder have been breaking into all-star, which is great to see. Also, Brandon Lee, um, who is a really genuine uh, he's got a great potential that kid really really exciting talent um they will also have uh flying ryan Hendricks, the vegan superstar will be on the show uh, for anyone who doesn't know who he is he is regarded as the man who hits people over the head with cucumbers so <laughs> but but it's cameron anderson who's breaking the business remember that um <laughs> you know it is what it is the kfc bucket nah, that's fine cucumbers that's fine you did what at the bar <laughs> outrageous um yeah no it's going to be a good show march 19th bournemouth freemasons hall if you want to check out acw rumble wrestling has an amazing plethora of dates i couldn't go through them all to be honest but if you go to rumblewrestling.com you can check them out head over to cwp's social media because i believe there will be announcements on there soon and iwe this weekend i believe announced the date for their next show as well and that is going to be a pretty stacked card again so looking forward to getting back to essex and entertaining those amazing fans shout out to the exceptionally fit bird that was drunk who brought her kids because she was fucking hilarious absolutely (laughs) she was completely batshit insane but she was fit so she can come back and do whatever she fucking likes (laughs) it's as simple as that um so yeah that pretty much wraps it up for the state of wrestling address ladies and gentlemen carl wilkinson cameron anderson you have four minutes just under four minutes really is there anything you'd like to share before we leave um i don't know anything really excited happened to anyone in the last like week because it's been a pretty shit week it's not been good for the world um i mean this is you know, i'm working more than ever which is great but they you know like whatever i mean um yeah well, i just want people to be happy and safe and healthy and that's not something that's going to happen with russia around at the moment it's actually really really soul destroying to turn on the tv and see something that horrible so i guess whatever we can do to make people laugh in the meantime is probably really welcome i was told by one ebenezer the geezer that he really enjoyed uh myself and uh carl wilkinson talking about batman and superheroes and stuff like that because even the wrestlers don't want to hear about wrestling so um yeah that's awesome but the problem is we could probably sit here for days yeah pretty much i mean i think patterson's gonna kill it i really do but i think it's gonna be i'm I'm so excited this is the last night how many? I mean, what were the last DC films? It was Suicide Squad and it was The Joker, wasn't it? 
Uh, yeah, Joker and the Suicide Squad because you got to emphasize they're different, I think. Which, are, by the way, I have it on good authority that Cameron Anderson thinks the Joker is overrated. Is that correct? I do. It's, it's you know, it's all right. Um, can you, like, slap him for me? I'll just get one of the knobs. You know what? I'm, I'm starting to believe that the knobs are right about you. You are a bit of a dickhead. How can you it's fix It's just not joke? my thing. It's just what do you not mean my thing? thing. Explain to me. Yeah, but no. Okay. I have no problem with you not liking a film, even if I think it is one of the great films of the modern era. But give me an explanation as to why you don't like it. Look, I, I just think, for me, it's just not something that I can go back and watch. I, I, it's really depressing and sad. I know that's the point. I'm, I'm going to say right now, obviously it's a great film. It's been made really well. They've obviously put a lot of care and effort into it. But it, I don't know. It just doesn't connect to me personally. But I can see why other people would like it. Shock. It doesn't connect mentally to the 19-year-old when, who literally has no fucking problems in his life. <laughs> when, when when the standout line from a film is, the hardest part about having a mental illness is trying to pretend that you don't, that hits hard, dude. I... I Honestly, live by that every fucking day, and it's exhausting. Also, I got to see Robert De Niro's brains blown out on TV. This is also true. That is that is a iconic. You get what you fucking deserve, and boom! That is such a shattering cinematic masterpiece. That moment, the tension, the room is fraught with the air of it. It's hard to explain that to a child. So, you know what, Cameron Anderson? When you're older, if I'm still alive, or maybe if Carl Wilkinson's still alive. Um, if you know the Kenny Omega hasn't got to him, then um, rewatch it when you're like you know 35, 40, and when you've you know banged too many hoes and you're paying maintenance, and you know, I don't know, probably got a disability <laughs> of some sort. I mean, <laughs> and then let us know what you think then because you'll probably fucking love it. But it is something I think that really would benefit from life experience. Um, definitely, I think that's kind of the point of it, and that's probably why they went for the more edgy, violent, dark kind of touch with it because otherwise. It wouldn't have appealed as much. But we're out of time, ladies and gentlemen. Um, unless you want us to keep going for another 40 minutes. And I'm pretty sure most people at this point have tuned out anyway. Other than Robbie Nitro, because I know bedtime. he hasn't So, yeah. What did you say, Cameron Anson? It's bedtime. I'm so tired. I know. I can tell you've been yawning throughout the whole fucking podcast, you melt. He's supposed to be young. So, from myself, Aaron X, from Carl Wilkinson, and from Cameron Anson, thank you very much for listening. If you are out there, if you are near anywhere in the Ukraine, because we do have listeners all over the world, please be so safe. Just look after yourself. And most importantly, we'll catch you very soon for more content from the WrestleBlog. <laughs>